What up, Faithful Hinsonites? This is another episode of the Disciple Hinson Podcast coming at you. I'm your host, DGS, and this week's guest is Neil Woolard. That's Woolard with two O's and two L's, and Neil is here to talk about our mission strategy as a church. Uh, this is something that the elders thought through carefully in the spring, being led so well by Neil and some of his thinking and uh, strategizing in this regard, as well as the sojourners also thought about this this last spring in the Sunday class, the 9 a.m. class, and some of you got to interact with those teachers as, as well as Neil on this matter. So hope you find this episode helpful. If you have questions, feel free to reach out to Neil or I hope you enjoy. Neil Woolard, welcome back to the Disciple Henson Podcast. How do you feel to be back on the show? Feels great to be back with you and uh, your horde of listeners. Glad glad to be back with y'all. I like the description of horde. Um, We want to talk about mission strategy today, Neil. Let's do it. You've been talking about this a lot. I have been. Lots of of thinking, writing, and conversations happening in the last nine months about this. Appreciate all your work on this. I I trust that it will serve the church. Uh, Let's just jump right in. Why? Why have a mission strategy? Yeah, that's helpful. Um, In one hand, I think it's just to give clarity to the church um, and to those coming into our church who want to serve in international missions. So right away, we can see, okay, here is how Henson is trying to approach this. And I hope what comes through clearly is that this is our strategy according to what we see in the Bible. Uh, according to how God's mission has been laid out, uh, particularly even in the New Testament. And one thing that I hope it highlights is that we want all of our missions to be church-centered and church-driven. So there are so many good works that we can do in missions, uh, including things like translation, translating scripture. But, But we want to always see that happening in and through the church. And then probably one other way that's helpful is just to say that as a church, um, we can't do everything and we can't focus everywhere. Uh, however, we do want to be faithful to the Lord uh, and what he, what we think he has told us to do, but also faithful to the people that we think the Spirit of God has put in our church to be sent out. And so hopefully this gives us a clear path, a clear lane to understand what we're trying to do in missions and how we want to send people out. That's great. Let me ask just a few follow-up questions. Mm -hmm. When you say church-centered or church-driven, is that opposed to something like, Mm. like, uh, of course, a church would have a church centered, driven yeah. mission strategy, but you, you seem to be yeah. drawing attention to that. What, what, what yeah. would be the uh, opposite of that? Or in, Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. D- to state it positively for just a moment, when we see, I think, in Acts and also all the epistles we see, the, the thrust of mission work was always to establish churches and then to uh, train up churches to maturity. And then it was within these churches that they would care for the poor that they would do good works around them. So there's a lot of good work we can do in missions, um, helping the poor, uh, doing things like orphanages or things like that. However, we just want to articulate that that the, the model we see in the New Testament is that happens through the church, through Christians that are in a church who then live out the good Christian life and do these good works where they're at. So it's just bringing clarity that, um, yeah, there's a lot of good things we can do, but we always want to make sure that's happening through the church. 
that's i'm glad you said it positively can i be negative nancy Mm -hmm. so yeah i would you say that um the you know so often what can happen when it comes to churches thinking about missions Mm -hmm. is it becomes very individualistic like i want to go do this now church you are on the hook to support me because i have this big heart for the nations Mm -hmm. or even um missions sending agency the church abdicates to the agency Mm -hmm. uh perhaps some responsibility for Mm -hmm. for training up sending out caring for its missionaries would you say that that's also kind of what the church centered church driven is getting at kind yeah. of in opposition to that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. So, so part of what you were speaking there is is this process of identifying, evaluating, equipping, mm-hmm. and sending out, believing that the God has given through Christ by Christ's authority resides in the church. So, therefore, when it comes to um, not only identifying, equipping, training, but confirming an internal calling that someone might have, I think that falls most like falls on the church. And so if someone comes in and they want to do, they feel this internal call to do maybe a good work and they've seen something that's really compelled their hearts for, uh, for the hungry in another nation, that that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I'm glad their hearts were moved. Um, but we also then want to come in and say, well, how, how can we do better, more long-term helpful things for these people? by doing it, working through the church there and working with someone to confirm an internal call to try and, you know, work through this biblically, but also like confirm that the Lord has gifted them to do this work uh, and that they understand what the work is. So you've brought a lot of, of helpful nuance there, even even just right there, uh, providing some clarification when it comes to how churches can better think through their mission strategy. Mm-hmm. Are you bringing this from any of past churches that you've mm. been involved in? It's yeah. this, it, like, uh, what were some of your old churches mission strategies and how, how is this, like what's informing our yeah. current mi- mission strategy is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, that's great. My, my really quick history with missions is in college, I thought I might be sent overseas, hmm. but pretty soon it was clear that no, I, I needed to, to remain in the States, but work on meaningful partnerships with global workers and then be a mobilizer and sender. So then uh, once I go and and I work at the first church I'm at for a while, uh, there was a stage we went through and me and another person on staff where we worked through, okay, what does a partnership look like in the gospel? and, and we had to make some, have some tough conversations, but also work for clarity as to what we were trying to do. Hmm. And also this process of knowing our, our workers. Mm-hmm. So that was really, I think, informative for me to go through that process then. And then uh, once I came here, uh, Jeff Chang, who, who was on staff here, he was kind of the pastor who helped oversee this. And when he left, I, it just made sense for me to do it because of my heart and mm-hmm. my experience before. And now what was driving this in part is, well, a few things. I, I want to strengthen our relationship with our existing workers even more. I, I want to make give a clear path for people coming into the church. Um, I What can happen slowly over time with church budgets and missions budgets, it's there can be just this slow, subtle missions drift mm-hmm. to where some of the things that we were supporting 20 years ago because of life events maybe we're not you know, going out to the nations like we once were. Mm-hmm. And so trying to think also proactively 10, 15 years down the road, how can we help us as a church stay focused on what we think like God's mission for the church is? So, so a lot of those things um, influenced why I wanted to put time 
into this just to give clarity to our existing workers, our church, and those who want to be sent out. That's that's great. Uh, let me give you a sample mission strategy, and you can tell me if it's <laughs> good, great, or awesome. <laughs> you hang up uh, Matthew twenty-eight, the Great Commission, uh-huh. as, a, as a banner. Maybe it's right like above the pulpit, uh-huh. um, right maybe where stained glass Jesus used to be. Okay, um, and uh, and then just a comment: go, send, or disobey. I think that's John. I think that's John Piper quote, and we, oh, really? and you know, okay. we all like John Piper. But and that's <laughs> our mission strategy. Yeah. Okay, people. There's the Great Commission. There it is. Let's and it. go send or disobey. That's our strategy. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of that mission stra- strategy? <laughs> I uh, well, I like maybe how how clearly that that puts it. We need to be doing this. I, I would I would possibly um, say that I would rather put it theologically put a slightly different center on it just for, of the glory of God and mm-hmm. paint this, I think, glorious picture of how God, since the fall, has been wanting to bring the nations in uh, to his people, from Abraham to the Davidic kingdom, to, to Christ, to even the, the image we see in Revelation 7. So, so I, yeah, I, I think that's probably a punchy way to say it. But, but there's, <laughs> but there's a little more to be said. I, yeah, maybe ground it in some other things as well. That's good. <laughs> uh, I didn't prepare you for this, but what... <laughs> Um, what missions mm. or what book that's about mm. missions or, or it could be a biography, a missionary yeah. biography or something like that, mm. maybe had the biggest impact on, on you as you think in your heart or how you think about missions. Yeah. Is, is, I'm sure there's a few, but what would yeah. be, what would be one that comes to mind? You know, speaking to, I think my motivations for mission is uh, Tom Wells wrote a book called A Vision for Missions. Mm -hmm. And he basically just walks through what is our main motivation for missions. Mm -hmm. And it just brings up points like, um, you know, if it's to save the lost, that's a really great motivation. But then what happens when you're on the field for six years, 10 years, like some of these missionaries like Adoniram Judson or whoever, like, does that mean we're failing in the mission? And so instead to center that in God's glory, his character, and then our heart to save lost only increases, but our faith in the Lord only increases as well. So I think that book is, was really great, really helpful. Uh, another book I would recommend that I think does great summary work is Andy Johnson's book called Missions. Uh, he, in the Nine Mark series. In the Nine Mark series, yeah, yep. that little colorful book series. He does a lot of really wise work in a short amount of, of space, mm-hmm. addressing everything from motivation of missions to the process of sending and identifying workers. Mm-hmm. And really helpful book. Uh, there's, there's probably several other books I could put on that list, but that, that's two. Why do you think Andy Johnson's book got stuck with the brown color? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he did wrong <laughs> to get the most bland color for the most exciting thing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the color of my house is brown. I don't know if that was foreordained. <laughs> Most boring staff member. Um, all right. So earlier you were talking about that there's more to be said than just like uh, putting the Great Commission on a banner. Mm. Um, that our theology impacts our missions strategy. Yeah. You, I, I just heard, heard you walk through with a number of the weekenders. Um, just kind of theological underpinnings yeah. of how we are to think about missions. Do you want to just, I don't want you to walk through like all of them, no. but what would be some of the, or, or I guess, how would you just answer the simple question? How yeah. does our theology impact our missions? 
I think that's really great. And it's an important question because there is a lot of books written on missiology. And sometimes it feels, even though the intent of those books is good, uh, intending to glorify the Lord, it feels like our theology books are in one section, our missiology books are in, are in another. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is uh, because there's cross-cultural work that needs to be done, we have a lot of conversation about contextualization. But I think part of my case that I, I try to make is that our methods aren't as neutral mm. as they think. Mm-hmm. And, and therefore, we have to understand clearly the theology first. And the more we understand theology, then that'll give us more wisdom as we enter into a cross-cultural context. So so what what is that? I, I think it's probably just understanding the nature of the Great Commission, that it's to go make disciples. That happens through evangelism. And then that regularly... that. Christians normally and regularly always gather as a church. So the substance of missions is evangelism, discipleship, and establishing churches. And when we go cross-culturally, it's not a change in substance, but a change in setting. Hmm. So the more we can understand what the church is, uh, what God's plan for mission is, then the more equipped we're able to do that overseas. And that's part of the case that Tom Wells makes. He makes that the best missionary uh, is the one who knows God's word the best. Hmm. And that's who makes it the best missionary. And I, and I agree with him. You know, as you're talking, it just strikes me how much uh, you're the right guy for this, because not only are you helping us as a church think through uh, a biblical vision uh, and strategy for missions, but also for our worship. Mm. Um, yes. so as you're talking about, like our methods aren't neutral, mm. like that's something you've been preaching since you've been here when it comes to our methods, when it comes to leading the church in, in worship on Sundays, like yes. the, what we do and how we do that mm-hmm. are not neutral. Yeah. So that, that, that might be another podcast, um, with you, <laughs> yeah. but I just, I just see a lot of the crossover, a lot of crossover. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it goes back to what, you know, John Piper says and let the nations be glad mm-hmm. that, you know, missions exist because worship doesn't and you see like on a high level that which is by the way the third book i was thinking in my head but i didn't want to talk forever about books but that book is excellent uh for that reason that very reason you said and talking about prayer and it's excellent book about missions nice Mm -hmm. uh anything else you want to say about our theological foundation for missions if not we're going to go right into the mission strategy uh, there's probably more I could say, but we can move on. If people wanted to find, um, to hear more about the way our theology impacts our missions and particularly the theological foundation for missions, uh-huh. if people wanted to know more about that, uh, how would they find that? That's, that's a great question. So come and talk to me. Uh, over the last year, we've had a missions uh, book reading group that just help us think through missions, and it happens in three blocks. And this second block is all focused about focused on the theology, and then we move to methodology in the third block. Uh, so if anyone wanted to walk through that more, uh, we're about to wrap up this group. We've been meeting for a year, and we and the last meeting is next month. So if you have any, any interest in walking through that, um, just, just let me know. But also there's other opportunities like uh, what you're doing with the Ecclesial Seminary and just, you know, things like that. Great. So Great. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's walk through the mission strategy as you've laid it out. So for our listeners, I'm just going to state the first. There's just two kind of opening statements for our mission strategy as a church. Uh, number one, go, to go where there is no gospel witness to make disciples and establish churches. Is that correct? Yes. Is that okay? Nailed it. Um, mm. So uh, 
feel free to add anything you want to under number one, anything that you think would be helpful to unpack in that first yeah. thing. But let me just begin with a more narrow question. Why focused on the unreached? Isn't that what's implicit in that? Uh-huh. To go where there's, I'm taking that from no, where there's no gospel witness. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, that's a great true. question. Okay. Yeah. So why yeah. focus on the unreached? Yeah. Well, uh, maybe it's obvious, but go ahead. No, no, no. While, while, while there's more uh, to say than the Great Commission, the Great Commission is very important. Mm. And that's where we have this uh, Jesus final, his final marching orders to us are to make disciples by going, baptizing and teaching everything that Jesus said. And so he commanded us to go to every nation, to all nations. And that makes sense with what with what God has been doing before Jesus came, uh, in that all the promises to Abraham, like we mentioned earlier to even David, is that the nations would pour in. And then the picture we get in Revelation chapter 7 is that every, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, too many to number would be there. And so uh, there's always this outward focus to go to people groups um, that have not heard the gospel, uh, whether it's because they speak a different language or we just missionaries haven't been able to make it in. I think that's the thrust of of missions for God's glory. So um, let's just get practical. Let's do it. Say someone in our church wants to go to a place mm-hmm. um, that's reached, yep. but it, the churches there are weak. There's obvious need. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. one of the reasons that drew Ashley and I out to Portland, Oregon, is mm-hmm. because we knew that the churches weren't, generally speaking, as strong yep. in, as in other parts of the country. So we thought that there was a greater need there. Mm-hmm. Um, so would we support someone who wants to go uh, to a reached place? Mm-hmm. That is an excellent question. And, and the answer is maybe, probably, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, especially if it's in a region where the church needs strengthened and matured. I, I think the biblical case we see this for this is, is like uh, Paul's second and third missionary journeys, where in particular, rather than choosing to go out, he chooses to go back to churches and strengthen them and bring them to maturity. And so this, the second point of the mission strategy, strategy which we'll get into, mm-hmm. we'll get more into that. But it is still, I think, an important part of missions to bring churches to maturity. And I just mean rightly ordered with elders, um, uh, well-taught and well-trained. You know, we see that Second Peter 3.16 and, and First and Second Timothy. Uh, because when these churches are matured and and well ordered, these are churches that then send out their own missionaries. They do multiply. They do plant other churches, uh, but they have to have, I think, a solid foundation. So we we don't want to. We want churches to multiply, but we realize healthier churches, more matured churches, are able to multiply in a stronger way over time. So, so I think that's a key part of missions. And so we would send someone to, to an area where maybe the church is, but it needs strengthened. Um, that's helpful clarification. What, what else do you want to say about this first strategy to go where there is no gospel witness to make disciples and establish churches? Mm-hmm. We've already talked a little bit about a church-centered or driven, yeah. producing you know, vision of missions, but would you, would you add anything to that to elaborate or any common questions you get from that first, uh, kind of principle? 
Uh, you know, I think the reason this first principle is in here is goes back to a couple things I've already said, just to keep us focused on going outward with the gospel. It also uh, addresses, I think, the, the core theology that this process of evangelism, discipleship, and establishing churches is a substance of missions, but just also acknowledging that this happens in an international context. So to be clear with this document, I'm not addressing local mission work, or I'm not addressing the fact that we're all on mission. We should all be discipling or evangelizing. But this is pointed specifically at doing it in an international context and tries to create the right foundation, again, to help help give clarity uh, to our church and to those who want to be in missions. So for those who have the, the desire and uh, are well-equipped and gifted to go to unreached places mm. um, and who have that vision of making disciples and establishing churches, would it be fair to say that we're going to put more of our weight uh, behind supporting that kind of work as a church going forward? It's mm -hmm. not to denigrate any those mm -hmm. who would go to places that are reached but weak or to any of our existing yeah. work, but we want to because resources are not unlimited mm -hmm. and because time is short, mm -hmm. we want to put our weight behind this. So that's so well said. Yeah. Okay. We are going to work to prioritize this. And even the, the other point of the strategy, as we'll see, is even driving at this and supporting this idea of, of going where there's no gospel witness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, people who are doing this well, who have who share this mm. strategy with us, whether it be sending agencies, yeah. uh, uh, things that have have helped us in clarifying this this strategy. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, so I've actually, and it's been so encouraging to me. I think I've talked to maybe twenty other uh, churches and agency leaders. Um, in depth about all of this hmm. over the last nine months. And one of the things that's been so encouraging is a lot of our sister churches that we have relationship with, as we've come together and talked about this, it's like we're all, we're all using the same language, hmm. which is interesting to me because I'm having my first conversation with them. <laughs> hmm. So I think right now there's some alignment that's happening just through this clarity and theology uh, that's been that's been really great. So a lot of other churches. This also there's a lot of other international church leaders that I've talked to. I've been able to talk to. So one in India, uh, Germany. There, there's a lot East mm. Asia mm. who are doing who have this similar focus and language. As far as a local agency uh, or, or uh, American agency, there there's several agencies that I think are, are doing good work. But one that I'm growing particularly excited about is reaching and teaching. Uh, you can just uh, Google them and look them up, but they uh, function really well and they understand that the, their role and responsibility as an agency and the church's role and responsibility in sending and supporting workers. Hmm. So, so there's a lot of people I've actually talked to about this who have similar alignment, um, which is pretty exciting to see what the Lord's doing. Hmm. Um, also, uh, Radius down in mm -hmm. Tijuana and yeah. then Brooks Bucer has been yep. helpful to us and, yep. and, and some of the yeah. articulating some of these things and sharing some similarities yeah. with, with priorities. Right. Yeah. So the yeah. particular lane that they're in yeah. is, is training up workers and, yeah. and we're really happy to partner with them, mm -hmm. especially going to unreached people groups where, where there is none, there has been no language work done before. Mm -hmm. That's where they really shine and their retentions rate rate is really great. Mm -hmm. 
Um, maybe just to pause here and say as well. Um, well, no, that's good. Yeah. So, so there, the, yeah, there are several organizations and agencies doing good work here. We, because of time, we mm-hmm. could spend a lot of time on that first principle. Let's move on to the second one, mm-hmm. if that's cool. Mm-hmm. Second, we want to partner with international regional hubs of missionary work <laughs> built around established workers yep. who are training up mature churches. Uh-huh. So what's an international regional hub? Can uh-huh. you give us an example? <laughs> I know it's kind of a mouthful, right? And well, slightly, slightly ambiguous. Uh, well, yeah, I, yeah. I, it makes me think uh-huh. of like something from Star Wars or some science fiction. It's like, I'm going yeah. to the international hub on the planet. <laughs> planet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so maybe that's even why something like that came to mind. Cause I also think of like airports where like one airline, there's a natural hub. Mm-hmm. And if you look at these hubs, there's a lot of like arrows going out of these hubs. Hubs. Hmm. And in, in our world, I think what those arrows mean are two things. First of all, this particular church, this particular hub is does really well at sending out other workers, and they do really well at training and reaching out to other churches and pastors in their area. So so I think where the biblical case comes from, the, from is uh, this really came as I was reading the book of Acts, and just really observing in particular the churches of Antioch. And the church in Rome, you know, so so in both cases, uh, the church was verified and, uh, by other churches through through relationships, through known and trusted workers. So when the church in Antioch is established, you know, church in Jerusalem sends out to, sends out Barnabas, who then grabs Paul, and they, then they stay there for a while, do some training. They're eventually sent out, and so the church was like uh, evaluated, and it was a good church. Uh, same thing in Rome. Uh, if you look at the end of Romans, uh, Paul lists a ton of people that he knows and has done really deep gospel work with. Uh, but at the, at the time, both Antioch and Rome were, were kind of the edge of where the gospel had gone. So the gospel was going out beyond Antioch, but that was kind of the, the, the hub there where more workers were sent and there was other work happening with other local churches. And then when Paul goes to Rome, in part what he says is, I want to see you so you can help me go on to Spain, which was where he really wanted to go and the gospel was not. So, um, uh, so, so these hubs... Um, are kind of these international, uh, they're, they're, they're not, they're not located in the States. Uh, they have a, a pattern of, so, so Henson couldn't be the hub of all hubs. I thought that the, <laughs> that was the point of all of this to make. <laughs> yes. Okay. Go no. carry on, carry yeah. on. They're international. So, okay. They're, they're not in the States. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not, they're not in the States States. And just to get more practical with it, um, it's always going to be centered around a church that has an established pattern of of training up other local mature churches like we were talking about, but they're also in, in pretty strategic locations. So like uh, maybe one day we could have a hub in Eastern Asia where where maybe there's a known and trusted work there, but from there we can send out people into unreached people groups. Um, a, a hub doesn't just have to be the one church in location. As we think about this strategically, um, there's a lot of wisdom, I think, in just having more workers in one area. Uh, If an elder or member decides to go visit one, we can actually visit several of our workers. Uh, Those workers can be a support to one another uh, with their other networks. And so there's a worker where, where... 
bringing before the church to bring on, who's, his name is Tommy Vanderwalt. He's in South Africa, and he's doing great work to train up and establish other churches and going into tribes where they've never met someone from outside the tribe. That's still happening there. Um, so there's a lot to be excited about his work. I don't, I, I don't know if we would have been as quick to get on if he wasn't, or to, to, to want to bring him on, if he wasn't as close to the Nels. Because mm. it makes sense now if if we can go down and see one, why when I see both, and then maybe those two can build relationship as we go, and so we're just recognizing that again we can't do every work in every place, but if we can focus on a few of these hubs, they're in strategic mm. locations built around a known and trusted worker. Well, then we can uh, expand and grow our work there. You know, just another reason why I think it can be wise is. Uh, beyond sending and support is just also further training and partnership in the training. Um, so one of the things that we're working on is if someone here wants to be sent internationally to do mission work, well, they can do some kind of six-month internship here, but then go do a six-month internship overseas to where they're getting more teaching and training, applying the theology in a cross-cultural context. And that helps us evaluate the worker. Has the Lord gifted them to work in an international context? Do they thrive? Uh, it, but, and it also helps us equip workers to do this work internationally. So I, I think this the ideas of these hubs, kind of building off of what we see with Antioch and Rome, I think it can be a strategic uh, move uh, to to help us send further out and maybe even places where it's tough for Americans to stay because they get deported so quickly to support our existing workers and to train up workers and send them out as well. So like the Nels and Tommy um, would constitute like uh, a blossoming hub. A blossoming hub. That's exactly it. Okay. Of, of Southern Africa. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe uh, the Lawrences. Mm and the Rileys. Yep. Yeah. So th that's an excellent example in particular because of how many people groups that, mm. um, uh, that there is someone in their church who represent kind of a people group mm -hmm. where that, that is unreached. And so they're hearing the gospel. There's enough comprehension and understanding through English that they're being trained up to send out to go establish churches where they're at. So it makes sense that this is a hub as well. Like uh, David and Lawrence and, and, and and Chris and the Rileys, um, the more people we send out to them, the more they're able to not only pastor their church well, but they are able to uh, train other other leaders. So they've been doing like Simeon Trust. Mm -hmm. They've been hosting conferences on conversion, building a network of pastors and churches there where they're at. And so that kind of work really clearly defines, I think, what we'd want a hub to be going out to unreached people group and strengthening churches around them. That's awesome. Mm. So much. I could talk about hubs with you all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want to talk about hubs? <laughs> but uh, what, what about an ordinary member of our mm. church? How um, would you encourage yeah. a member of our church to be a part of missions and mm -hmm. specifically the mission strategy? Like yeah. this is, this all sounds good. Sounds mm -hmm. like a good strategy, or maybe you're listening to this and you're have some critiques and, uh -huh. and uh, talk to Neil about the <laughs> you know where to find me yeah but uh what can you do anything practically yeah. this is a wonderful wonderful question so first of all 
Um, if you want, the, Dan and I have been referring to a document that the elders just affirmed. And there might be some small changes in language coming up, but the general idea will, will remain. If you want that, just let me or Dan know, and then I'd be happy to talk through it. Uh, if you want to have more understanding about missions and how we think about it, again, we have this reading group and there are different blocks. The first block could just be informative, so you could understand what are we trying to do with missions. Uh, so if you just want to learn more, that, that that's how. Um, in our process at Henson, of, of identifying and training up workers, we, we do pray that the Lord of Harvest would send, send workers from our church. And I believe it takes the whole church to do that process. Hmm. So as I think about this idea of kind of the path to being sent, just to articulate a few points that, that we have a responsibility as, as Henson members is to identify, evaluate, equip, help plan, and send out workers. Mm -hmm. And that's not just the elders. That's, that's the right. whole church. We want to send out workers that are evidencing um, uh, maturity and, and faithfulness here before we send them out. So, so, so as a member, if you find out that someone wants to be sent in missions, get to know them. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Talk to them about life and character and gifting. Uh, talk to them about what they're doing here to share the gospel. Be a part of that discipling process mm. to help identify and send out mm -hmm. workers. And then the third way is if you want to more meaningfully support the existing workers, we have um, a lot of the work that Christian Wahlberg and I have been trying to do together is there's, I think, a lot of paths to do that now. So reach out to Christian or reach out to myself and we can help you get connected more. That's really helpful. I think uh, what you were getting at just made me think it's not so much the butterfly effect, but like cause and effect mm. of the healthier we are as a church. Mm. The more that our people mm -hmm. are characterized by gratitude, uh, mm. affirming and encouraging one another in evidences of grace, speaking the truth in love, um, you know, reaching out to to the to the poor and the hurting and the suffering. The more that we're characterized by a love for God's word and mm. and uh, living out the fruit to the spirit, like that is going to have an impact on the nations. Yes. Like if, if we give in to, to bickering over secondary and tertiary matters or, uh, having a heart that is, um, you know, and we we're becoming entangled in different kinds of sin that is hurting our gospel witness, mm -hmm. not only here, but you know, we're hoping to send people out yeah. to the nations and the healthier our churches, the yeah. healthier those those uh, future missionaries and, mm -hmm. and even current missionaries will mm -hmm. be. So what a, what a high calling yeah. um, as a church to be about this work and uh, be a part of, you know, seeing this. Uh, and I love the way that you've helped us articulate this, this vision, the strategy, the, the theology, the rich theology behind it. So thank you so much, brother, for all your good work. And uh, I hope people will engage. I hope so too. I love talking about this. And, uh, and if anyone has any questions or if you yourself are thinking about maybe being sent out one day, please, please don't hesitate to come and talk to me or any elder. Thanks so much, Neil. All right. Thank you.